Was it something I said? After Twitter decided to censor Donald Trump, um, I decided that it was time to get serious about Parler. Uh, I've been subscribed there for quite a while, but barely looked at it and very rarely ever really posted anything there. So on Saturday, uh, I went on my Twitter feed and I announced that I was on Parler um, and that uh, and gave gave people my handle, which, by the way, is Steigerwald J. Um, I, I told people that that's what my handle was and uh, asked my Twitter followers to follow me. Now, I had 15,000 followers at Twitter, which isn't a huge number, but pretty good for a little guy like me trying to do my little talk show here. And I like the idea that I can talk to a potential audience of 15,000 and tell them what's going on with the show. And when I have a good guest, I can mention it, that kind of stuff. Twitter over the weekend has been full of people pointing out that they lost thousands and sometimes tens of thousands of followers. And there were lots of people saying that they were going to do what I did, which is either join Parler or start using Parler more. Some big names actually said that they were canceling their Twitter account completely and going Parler full-time. Well, Saturday morning I had about, when I checked, I had about 300 and some, uh, about 350 uh, followers on Parler that had built up over the year and a half or so that I was on there. And I don't know uh, um, if they were looking for anything. They had to be disappointed because I didn't do much on there. But uh, but after I asked my tw- Twitter followers, followers to follow me on Parler, all of a sudden I could see the followers on Parler going up. I got up to 1,200 by Saturday afternoon. That's 800 people followed me in a few hours on uh, Parler. And that must have scared the people at Twitter tremendously and Amazon because not long after that, they blew Parler out of the water by disabling their app. I'm sure it was because they saw that I was going on Parler and they had I had to be stopped. Uh, they said it was because of posts that, would, uh, that could incite violence, but everybody knows that's ridiculous because Twitter has been full of people condoning and inciting uh, violence for a long time, including the Democrats. Meanwhile, uh, I saw my Twitter followers drop. From, I think it was 15,100 to 14,700. Now, this is annoying to me because I didn't, I, if I didn't have this radio show, I would never look at Twitter. I enjoy the debate, uh, debate there every now and then, but there's a lot of stupidity floating around there. So I, I was just kind of curious about why my uh, Twitter followers just disappeared uh, that quickly, and so many that quickly. Anyway, I, 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 there, there's a lot of stupidity floating around there on Twitter. Parler is now suing Amazon, and there are Republicans like Devin Nunes who are making noises about going after Amazon. But the Republicans, as they do too often, uh, didn't take advantage when they had the power of the White House, the Senate, and the House to do something about it. Now they're making noise and sounding uh, very upset and, uh, and talking about taking action, and nobody cares because they have no power. Uh, in our second half hour, I'm going to talk to a guy who founded a company called Red Edge. Uh, they dev- advise companies on how to navigate social media and how to take advantage of them and what all this could mean and what you could, might be able to do if you uh, have been depending on Twitter, where you can go now that uh, they have, um, you know, if, if you're not ready, ready to put up with them anymore and you want to go somewhere else. But when we come back after this break, I'm going to get another eyewitness account, a good one from someone who was in Washington, D.C. for that rally on Wednesday. Stick around. Election fraud. 
radical abortion rights, open borders, riots in our streets, and regime changes in other nations. Meet George Soros, an atheist and one of the most dangerously influential people in America, pouring millions of dollars into the leftist agenda, instigating society's demoralization to control a free people and destroy the foundations of Christianity and our constitutional order. Watch the new film, Billionaire Radical, George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com. See the movie that George Soros and the far left don't want you to see. Learn the truth and prepare to be shocked. Billionaire Radical, George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com for just $9.99 or buy the DVD for just $12.99. Go to SalemNow.com. Get 20% off with promo code Pittsburgh. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is, one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit. Like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses... But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at LifeLock.com. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code PETS. Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers who are making buying decisions for the new year. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. surroundpittsburgh.com. 
connecting you with new customers. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, if you listen to the media, what happened in Washington on Wednesday was right up there with the with the, uh, the British burning the White House in the War of 1812. I'm still having trouble believing that those were MAGA people on video beating cops with poles uh, that had the American flag on them. Uh, I'm, I'm going to wait until I see some proof that that's who they were. But uh, Jenny White was there. She wrote about it today at The Federalist, and she joins us now. Jenny, thanks for coming on. Thanks for asking me, John. I appreciate it. So here's the thing. Uh, I had a I had a woman on... Uh, the show Friday. She's from a local. She's a local woman uh, from Gibsonia, which is outside of Pittsburgh here. Uh, and she was there, and she gave me her uh, eyewitness account. And uh, I just wanted to. I thought it'd be good to get another one, just to get another perspective. But a lot of what you uh, wrote about today in the Federalist um, it was just matched what she was telling me. So, uh, just in your mind. What's the worst misconception about what happened that's been created by the media and Democrats? As you've watched that it was violent. Okay. That that it was violent and that Trump incited it. I think those are the two things that I'm most frustrated at are those two things. Well, that those are two pretty, those are two pretty big things. That's that's the whole yeah, story that it was violent it and it was Trump's fault. Yeah. It it absolutely is. And and I think that you know, as I uh, as I portrayed and I wrote in the article, I mean, it just literally was nothing. We we went back to the hotel after we stood in the ellipsis for five hours, just shoulder to shoulder with people around us in a sea of people. And I mean, if there had been any bad actors in that group, if there'd been anything nefarious, I mean, it, you could have stampeded that many people and ended up with, um, I mean, it would have been unconscionable what could have happened. So these were all quiet people just excited to hear the president speak. And when we marched it, we kind of, you couldn't even march because we were so close together. It was like being a wrapped mummy and encased mummy. And you just kind of, you know, paddled along until you could actually uh-huh. walk. And um, we, we, kind of, we went to our hotel because we'd been standing there for five hours and we were freezing to death. So we went to the hotel, and that's when we found out everything that had gone on had happened. And I, we were just literally, I mean, there, people describe shock, and you think, oh, I was shocked about it. No, I mean, we, we were beyond shocked. There was no violence in any of that crowd, and we were in the 10th floor of the JW Marriott, which is right on the corner of 14th and Pennsylvania, and we could see everybody going up and down Pennsylvania, and there was nobody running, there was nobody screaming, there were no cars turned over, no uh, no burning anything. There was nothing. It just looked like a, a, a picnic in the park. People walking up and down the street. Hey, I'm having a great time. It was it was surreal to hear MSNBC report one thing and us see a completely different thing. So what what I've seen on the video, what everybody has seen uh, on video, uh, there were people in the inside the building. There were um, people. We can see video of people scaling the walls. We know that five people died. Um, we know that a policeman was was killed. What? So how far away from that were you? That you, uh, you wrote in your piece that you were on the tenth floor looking out your hotel, and you could see nothing going on that looked to be violent when you were looking out that window. At that time, is that when 
at that very time, that's when you were hearing on your television in your hotel room that, that all, all hell was breaking loose? Absolutely. And it, it was even funny, too, John, to be sitting in the hotel and watching. We were watching MSNBC at the time, and we were listening to what the commentators were saying, and we were actually watching what was on the video in front of us. And we were watching people looking like, how the heck did I get in here? And they were kind of walking around and taking pictures and walking up and down. And, you're, and this guy's going, it's violence, it's violence. And, and mark me, I'm not saying there wasn't violence that happened. I'm not trying to say anything like that, and I certainly don't condone anything that happened inside the Capitol. I, I don't. There, we'll be very clear about that. But I just want to make it clear that that was one tiny piece of a huge, giant puzzle, and the rest of that puzzle was nothing like that one piece. Yeah, and, and um, the obviously it's television, and and the um, spectacular video is what they're going to show. They're going to show the the, the video that's going to get uh, get people's um, get people fired up. Um, but if unless you were right at the Capitol, uh, you you didn't know that was going on because that's obviously what happened with you. You had to have someone. You had to watch it on TV. Um, you know, to, to even find out that it was going on. You would not have known if you hadn't gone back to the hotel, right? Well, and I'll, I'll even go one further. After we started watching this on the television, we thought, you know, we kind of want to see what's going on. So we left the hotel room and we started walking up uh, Pennsylvania to the Capitol building. There were lots of people coming back. You know, we were kind of like salmon swimming upstream, but we would ask people, hey, why are you going back? Oh, I, I, you know, I got to pee or, you know, I'm sick of standing on my feet or there was nobody was running again. Nobody was running toward us. We had no reason to believe that there was anything going on to keep us from moving forward toward the Capitol. There were people selling streetwares. There was, uh, there were several people singing and there were some, you know, some street performers and, you know, all kinds of people, kids with strollers, dogs, just wh- like they'd been at the park all day. We were just going, where's this huge violence? So we kept walking and kept walking and it wasn't until we got to the, to the, you know, the wall, that wall that surrounds the Capitol, uh, the greens. And we were standing there looking, and yes, there were people in the stands, uh, and yes, there were people all over everywhere. But again, there was no no cars being turned over, no police, you know, chasing people, no fires, no, I I mean, it, it was absolutely surreal to see what we saw and then to hear what they said on the television. They just simply didn't match up. But but again, you didn't see it, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen inside the Capitol. Exactly. So, yeah. Who were those people? Uh, where did they come from, from, from what you can understand from after having been there? Um, and do you, based on what you saw and the atmosphere that you um, observed when you first got there, it was more like a festival and just a kind of a happy gathering. Um, when did, who, who's in, who was responsible for making what happened at the Capitol happen? Did you well, see any people that, that might have said, hey, those only, are the people I saw that did that? Well, I will tell you this, because I can't speculate on that not being an eyewitness to that yeah. account. I mean, we just simply weren't up there, and I don't want to speculate because there's enough mm-hmm. of, of that going on. But I will tell you this. 
we were very aware of our surroundings and the people who were around us because we actually went there being afraid that maybe we would be, you know, confronted by BLM or Antifa or something like that. We were always very careful about looking around us. We saw numerous people, and it was kind of frightening, in black with uh, one guy I know had a bulletproof vest off because he was standing right up, vest on because he was standing right next to me and took off his jacket. But they were covered in black. They had helmets on. They had several of them had gas gas masks. Um, they had pads on them. They looked like they were um, cops, but they weren't cops. You could tell they weren't. And, you know, you just kind of thought, well, I have no idea why these people are here. You've got a kid and, you know, a three-year-old and a parent right over here. What are you doing here? So yeah. I can tell you that there were people in the crowd that we were not comfortable with that, you know, we were like, why are you getting all dressed up when there's a a three-year-old over here with their mom? We're all cool here. You know, what's going on? So I can tell you that, but I cannot, and, you know, not being in the building, I simply don't, all I can do is what everybody else is doing, which is looking at the videos that are coming out and going, that's not us. I mean, I've seen way too many videos of, I mean, I've been in this movement since, uh, you know, the Tea Party. I've been to tons of these rallies. I mean, we were actually at the, the taxpayer march on Washington. And I mean, we came into DC and actually left it kind of cleaner than we did. I, I mean, this isn't our movement. This isn't the way we act. Um, I saw several videos of people, you know, standing by people yelling Antifa, Antifa, and they were knocking windows in and they were trying to get them back and knock them down. So, you know, I, I have more questions than I have answers, but all I can do is give my eyewitness account and just say that we, we didn't see anything like what the news was reporting. Yeah, there's a, we're talking to Jenny White. You can see her piece at thefederalist.com. She's, uh, she was there in Washington on Wednesday. Uh, the video that's getting the most play is the one with the, uh, there's a guy, and a, a bearded guy, and he's got a, uh, he's got a pole with an American flag on it, but he's using the pole to beat somebody. Apparently, it might have, it was a policeman. And um, I, every time I see that, I, I, it just it doesn't fit with all the videos I've seen of all the gigantic MAGA rallies that were uh, the last thing you would expect a MAGA person to do would be to take the American flag, number one, and beat a policeman with it. It just it makes no sense to me. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I mean, maybe it'll turn out that he is a or he is a, a a Trump supporter, but I, I'm I have a feeling I'm going to hear later that he's not. I mean, what do you think when you see those videos? I mean, because you've you well, said I, you've been to these rallies before. I have, I, I I absolutely have, and there has been, and it's not just me. I mean, anybody can go look me up on this. I mean, it's it's well known. You can you know Google or whatever you do, and and look up you know MAGA rallies. There's not been any violence here. There wasn't at the Tea Party rallies. It's, it's, uh, it feels to me, and I'm just talking about me personally, but it feels like a setup. I mean, it feels like, you know, because here's another thing that happened, too. There was no, when this violence actually happened at the Capitol, the giant bolus of people that I was standing with in the ellipse, in the ellipsis, were not even we hadn't even moved beyond Trump was I don't 45 minutes or an hour late or something to, to speak. 
And we didn't even see him start speaking until 1.10. And I just saw an article recently because we weren't trying to keep track of the time. But there would have been no way that the group of us could have gone to the Capitol to do any of that because we were still listening to him speak. So, you know, there is that to, to think about as well. And what happened after you went back to your hotel for dinner after all this? Well, and that's another thing that it really irritates me because I haven't heard one media outlet cover this, and it's ridiculous. So Muriel Bowser did put a lockdown in on D.C. from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning, but nobody has said this. She also closed all the restaurants, and the hotel that we were staying in closed their restaurant. We actually drove and brought food with us, but there were tons of people in that hotel because we talked to them that hadn't even thought about bringing any food. They just figured they'd get food at the hotel. Well, mm-hmm. at 6 p.m., it was more like 7. I mean, we did actually a live video on Facebook about it, so it's probably 7 or 7.15. We were sitting and watching, looking out the window, and all of a sudden all these police cars with all their lights coming come on come up toward the hotel, 16 vans of guys in riot gear, and I don't know if they were D.C. cops or who they were, but 16 van loads of cops in riot gear surrounded our hotel. Um, We were kind of, you know, going, why, what's going on? We thought they were here to arrest somebody or something. We had no idea. Well, about 15 minutes into that, one of the guys in our room got kind of brave and went down to the lobby, and he walked out and came back with the report that, they were actually surrounding the hotel and they wouldn't even let anybody out to go smoke. So you had people locked in this hotel, the JW Marriott had them locked in without food, only water coming out of the tap from 6 PM to 6 AM in the morning. So think about that. That's like house arrest. So we Mm -hmm. were guilty, even though we were completely innocent of doing anything, but the hotel was, was surrounded by cops. And it wasn't just our hotel. We had two other friends that were staying in different hotels, and we called them to see if the same thing was happening to their hotel, and it was. Wow. Now, um, you wrote, uh, and we're finishing here with Jenny White. Uh, She wrote this piece at thefederalist.com today. Uh, You wrote in your piece that those who hate us have succeeded. What do you mean by that? i got about a minute and a half left here. I mean, they tried to call us deplorables. You think about what, um, you know, President Obama called us. I mean, they have tried, the leftists have tried and tried and tried to make us something that we're not. And this was just a really great excuse. Like I said, and I just feel like it was a setup. It was a really great excuse to put us in a position where they could say, see, we told you that's who these people are. See, And that's what I meant by that. It's just a very frustrating, very frustrating situation. Now, you drove uh, 20 hours to get there. Um, (laughs) Yes, we did. Where'd you come from? Oklahoma. So this is, it's just amazing to me. I mean, that's passion there. Someone who would be willing to get in a car and drive 20 miles, especially this time of year when you don't know what you're going to run into, drive (laughs) 20 hours, I should say, not miles, 20 hours, um, and and how long were you planning on staying before turning around and heading home? Well, we were planning on staying the 5th and the 6th and coming home, leaving on the 7th and being home by the 8th. Uh-huh. And um, will you do it again? I mean, I don't know when there's going to be another one because I don't know what Donald Trump's going to do. But if there were, well, uh, I- will you go to another rally? 
I absolutely would because I don't really care what they call me because I know what I am and I know what we did and I know what the the media isn't reporting and I absolutely would. We are not those people. We've never been those people and I will stand up and continue to be who I am, who is just a forthright law-abiding citizen who loves her country. Jenny, I'm out of time. I'm glad you went because uh, you wrote a great report. People can find it at thefederalist.com, and uh, I'm glad you got back uh, safe, and (laughs) I I congratulate you for for putting up with it. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Okay, that's Jenny White. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Democrats say the House will consider the impeachment of President Trump on Wednesday, one week after riots in the nation's capital. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer told Democrats on a call that members should plan to return to Washington on Tuesday evening to consider a House resolution calling on Vice President Mike Pence to invoke a constitutional authority to remove Trump from office. That resolution is expected to pass, but Pence is unlikely to act. Hoyer says the House will then consider impeachment on Wednesday. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves signing a bill that gives the state a new flag that has a magnolia and that no longer carries the Confederate battle emblem. On Wall Street today, stocks closing lower. The Dow dropped 89 points. The Nasdaq off 165 and the S&P fell 25. This is SRN News. The Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Square Sweepstakes is back. Every time the score changes, someone wins $50,000. Plus, two grand prize winners will win a half a million dollars they could use toward their dream home. See rules and enter for free at RocketMortgageSquares.com. Rocket Mortgage, official mortgage sponsor of Super Bowl 55. No purchase necessary. Legal residents of the 50 U.S. and D.C. of age of majority. Ends February 4th. Licensed in all 50 states in MLS number 3030. The NFL is not sponsored promotion in any way. Happy New Year. This is Karen Holloway with Lone Star Transfer. If you felt like booking your timeshare was difficult in the past, you know it's been almost impossible over this last year. With our A-plus rating with the BBB, our clients are eager to let you know Lone Star Transfer is the company you can trust. Give Lone Star Transfer a call today to receive a free, no-obligation consultation at 844 844- 284-4860 or online at LoneStarTransfer.com. AM 1250, The Answer. The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. The Facebook CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, announced that President Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts will be blocked indefinitely. That's why his statement acknowledging the peaceful and orderly transition of power had to be issued through a deputy rather than the president himself. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollar savings. Kings are only five dollars more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. 
Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to weigh on us. While we all feel helpless, remember there is much we can do to protect ourselves, our family and friends, all of us. Simply get in the habit of wearing a mask and maintain six feet of space between yourself and others in public. Wash your hands often and stay home if you feel sick. It takes all of us to combat COVID-19. Go to cdcfoundation.org to learn more. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Looking much improved out there on the Parkway East. Down to only minor delays outbound from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Looks like about a four-minute delay. A lot better than it was earlier after a crash. Now we're fine on the inbound side. Parkway West moving well. 79 also looks pretty much problem-free along with the Parkway North. 14th Street remains blocked with construction that is finishing up for the day between East Carson Street and Bingham Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. It'll turn cloudy this afternoon with a high of 38, and tonight, partly cloudy skies, low 24. Partly sunny tomorrow, Tuesday's high 37. Patchy clouds tomorrow night, low 29, and occasional sun Wednesday, that day's high 44. Thursday, cloudy, high 45. And Friday, mostly cloudy, a bit of snow and rain at times, that day's high 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Sally Sherman. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. At the opening of the show, I told you about my experience with Parler and Twitter over the weekend. The latest news is that Parler is suing Amazon for suspending their app. Lots of people wondering what to do with their social media. If you own a business and depend on Twitter and Facebook... But you hate what they're doing to the country. What do you do? Well, Brett Jacobson is the co-founder of Red Edge, a company that deals with uh, helping people with their uh, social media. He joins us now. Uh, Brett, thanks for being here. Hey, John. Good to be here. Thank you. So according to your website, uh, it says here, Red Edge applies creativity and sound strategies to emerging platforms. I'm just wondering with what's going on now, how much creativity are people going to need to be happy with their social media? (laughs) <laughs> well, quite a bit, I imagine. Um, you know, we uh, we come from sort of the uh, classical, you know, liberal, uh, you know, historical conservative viewpoint. So we try to help um, teach people of all ages about the Constitution and, and use um, social media platforms and stuff. So we care about keeping them alive and healthy um, so that we can, you know, talk about important things. We, you know, care about safety and civility and fairness and what we're trying to make sure end up in a place where people feel like they can't express themselves um, and where, uh, you know, the platforms themselves feel like they have to police every um, little thing that we say and do. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done, I think, to make sure that users feel protected um, and that uh, there are clear rules for how the platforms um, can, you know, kind of let us be um, until they need to step in if something's pretty serious. Yeah, so 
but what, what should someone who disagrees with Twitter uh, and or Facebook's uh, policies and censorship, but, you know, they benefit from those uh, platforms, at least, you know, their companies do, um, what, what, is there an alternative now? Is there anything that comes close to providing the kinds of things for uh, that the Twitter and Facebook do? Well, I think certainly Twitter and Facebook are the easiest ones to understand um, in terms of being able to um, get out your message and, and find people who are similar to you. Um, there are more traditional advertising models um, where you can basically, you know, reach anybody with a phone or a, um, a who is online. Um, so there are there are choices. Um, there are just very few things that are as handy um, and easy to understand, um, which is why people have you know flocked to Twitter and Facebook and YouTube um, is because they're they're easy to navigate. Um, and so you know, I think that conservatives have you know long been wary of some of the decisions those. Um, Silicon Valley-based companies have been making, um, and then I think once those companies um, had to react pretty strongly in the last, you know, couple of days to things that um, look like violence, um, I think there are two different storylines that got confused in people's heads. Um, one about sort of um, censoring, you know, what the companies think of as, as violent actors, and then that sort of um, triggering people's concerns that actually maybe it's much more broad um, and it's for you know, people of, of particular political viewpoints. Um, and so, you know, I think um, what we all want is, uh, you know, hopefully to adopt a, a view where more speech is better speech. You know, I'm certainly a person who I, I don't want the platforms to have to um, try to feel like they should be moderating um, what you or I say or do. Um, and so ideally, we'll all figure out a plan where we can say what's on our minds as long as it's, you know, safe and not inciting violence. Seems, seems like a reasonable position to me. Yeah, Twitter has lost uh, billions of dollars in value from what I saw here today. Um, since canceling President Trump, lots of people are bailing out. Is there a company out there in position to gain value? Is is uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Brett, that I, uh, I mean, I only have fifteen thousand followers on Twitter. It's not like I'm a gigantic uh, uh, presence on there, but um, I I saw. Just by going on Twitter and telling people, my followers, that I'm going to start spending more time on Parler, I, I, I gained 800 followers in a couple of hours uh, from an audience of 15,000. Uh, and um, all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they shut it down. So, uh, I mean, how many, there have to be a lot of people doing the same thing, just saying, I got to go anywhere. And uh, it seems like a pretty desperate move by Amazon because they must have seen a lot of migration going on. Um, I, yeah, my, my read of the, that story was that Amazon um, for, was seeking uh, assurances that there was some sort of um, moderation policy in place to stop um, the violent yeah. uh, incitement stuff. And, you know, if you're you know, a corporate lawyer um, or if you're just even kind of a responsible citizen, you're not wanting your platform to be used for, for violence. And I know that some, some individuals were threatening the uh, vice president in particular, which I know, right. know we all you know, oppose. So I, I think to your general point, I'm not sure there's a good place for people to go where they know right now um, their you know reasonable speech will be protected. Um, but I think that what we need is for the the larger platforms to take a step back from trying to moderate as much. And that's a you know kind of a, a response they've had to the, for, to the far left 
and sort of cancel culture. Um, and right now, you know, a real problem is that the left is trying to make people, you know, be silent if they disagree with them. And I think we're seeing, you know, kind of a, a negative side effect of that online. Um, so I think, you know, if you're a conservative or a libertarian, um, it's it, it's kind of one of those um, awkward periods where we need to remind everybody that we want more speech and more ideas. Um, because in a marketplace of ideas, um, conservatives and libertarians tend to win over time. Yeah, the, uh, there, there are stories all over the Internet today, uh, flashbacks to what Democrats were saying and how they were encouraging violence, including Kamala Harris, who's saying uh, back in the summer that these uh, these demonstrations are going to continue and they should and people should take to the streets. And, um, and those people weren't censured or, or censored. And, um, and, and there's things like... Uh, Kathy Griffin holding up uh, what looks like a severed head of Donald Trump. She didn't lose her her uh, Twitter account for that. Um, it's it's about consistency, isn't it? I think so. I think that's a very fair point. Um, and I think the the um, I think Twitter in particular has had a problem with that. Um, and and people sort of saying, hey, well, if not now, when? And I think you know, ideally, we can all agree that um, violent conversations are not what we are are looking to have promoted. Um, but you know, um, serious conversations about how to get um, them out of the moderation business as long as things aren't um, aren't uh, violent. But I think consistency is certainly important, but it's also almost impossible. Um, because the moment that companies um, try to moderate other people's ideas, you know, you have to think about what's a joke versus what's serious. What is uh, a cultural misunderstanding from, you know, between, you know, I'm from Oregon, so uh, we probably say things a little different than maybe in Pittsburgh. Um, and so there's just not the human or the technical capability to actually make those judgments at the scale that we're talking of millions of people with, you know, billions of posts a day. And so I think they really got themselves into a problem by saying that they could moderate um, content and they just don't have the wherewithal to do it. And so expecting them to do it is, is going to lead to resentment um, because it's expecting the impossible. And they come at it with a certain mindset and a certain um, uh, belief about the world that is going to, their, their, their biases are, are going to prevent them from being fair. They just are. What is offensive to them is not going to be offensive to someone else, but they happen to have the power to. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's people. right. I mean, you see them. I think you see. You know, just those. A couple of those companies are all clustered in a very particular uh, geographical area. Um, and you know, I don't know if you you know saw the headline from like last week that there are a couple hundred people trying to unionize at Google, and they're saying that they're aligned with the you know struggle of the workers of the world. Um, and, you know, they're making 150 grand a year um, right. and which is triple, you know, kind of the average of America um, and let alone, you know, 10 times the world. Um, and so, you know, you do have people who probably don't even recognize how much influence um, that they have um, when kind of, you know, throwing a little tantrum. And I think that um, being a lot more judicious about how they approach um, moderating other people's viewpoints would would make us all better off. We're talking to Brett Jacobson. He's the co-founder of Red Edge, uh, and it says here, as I said earlier, Red Edge applies creativity and sound strategies to emerging platforms. Um, can you give me an example of a couple 
good emerging platforms that maybe people haven't heard much about, but they might be in the future? Um, well, I think, you know, a lot of uh, people's attention has been absorbed by TikTok, um, which, uh, you know, people have some concerns about their ties to the Communist Party in China. Um, so yeah, what's that? Communist you know, China? What's yeah. the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. I think, I think right now people are, you know, turning towards more regional and, um, even like hyper local places, you know, like, um, next door is a fun way of keeping up with people in your neighborhood. Um, so, you know, sort of check that out. Um, so I think right now there's no visible, um, rival emerging for Facebook or Twitter at that kind of scale. Um, but I think, um, you know, the good news is as long as we keep the government out of it all, you know, more or less, that we'll still have the ability for rivals to start up. I think the, the real danger is when we, you know, act out of frustration and create rules that, uh, prevent new companies from starting and, and getting us something cool and competitive. There are lots of conservatives out there with lots of money, um, why is it taking so long for someone to come up with a serious competitor for Twitter? I mean, Twitter's been, it isn't like Twitter's only been around for a couple of years. They've been around a long time. Uh, they've gotten much bigger in the last few years. But um, why? Uh, it's just surprising because you have, you have conservatives who have money, who are entrepreneurs, who have uh, the willingness to maybe risk a, a large amounts of money. Why? How is Twitter able to, um, how have they been able to, maintain that monopoly that they have well i don't know that it's a monopoly because you don't you have you know 200 million americans who don't use it on a daily basis and they you know uh seem to be happier than the ones who are on it <laughs> so, yeah or maybe they know something um so i think you know it's less about like a monopoly than it is about um conservatives tend to have a tough time engaging in the culture because they rightly have some concerns about how the culture might operate. So it actually mm -hmm. makes it very difficult to innovate in a space that you are critical of um, because you don't live it and breathe it. Um, so that's why you see more liberals and more libertarians um, tending to um, operate and be successful in, um, in Silicon Valley. They just are, are you know, more interested in playing with it. Um, and then their social circles kind of, um, reinforce that by only sort of allowing in liberals and libertarians. Um, so I think, you know, conservatives um, probably have the ability and the wherewithal to create rival products. And I think it's just about wanting to do it and finding it interesting and having somebody having a passion to do something new. Well, a parlor suing Amazon, as we talked about here, but uh, to try to get back into business, is mm -hmm. there anything that Parler could have done to avoid being uh, so much at Amazon's mercy? And uh, when they do come back, um, is there are, are they are they going to be subject to somebody else's uh, approval or disapproval and be canceled again? Well, I think we've reached the point of the conversation, unfortunately, where the lawyers always win uh, because yeah. yeah. Uh, with in any massive services company, you basically have a term of terms of service agreement. 
Um, and so Amazon has one, um, Liquid Web has one, Rackspace has one. All of the, the, the places that make life easy and scalable have their own different kinds of rules. So anybody, whether it's Parler or anybody else, um, trying to create something new basically has to figure out the company that's willing to take certain risks and allow them to try something um, that, that maybe an Amazon might not. So um, the, the technology is there. Um, the user base seems like it certainly might be there. Um, but it's basically making sure that the lawyers have you covered. Um, and I think that that might, might have been the problem or one of, one of them um, that we saw in the parlor story. We're talking to Brett Jacobson. He's the co-founder of Red Edge. You can find him at rededge.com. Uh, and here's what you say. Uh, I have a couple minutes left here. They, they should be leaning into their ability. This is talking about the, uh, the, the uh, platforms. They should be leaning into their ability to monitor everything so that eventually – they are no longer seen as demigods, demigods, but as people who build useful tools and are trying their best to be positive contributors to our society. Can you sum that up in a minute? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, when we think of big tech, we think of um, these giant machines, and they're just companies built by real people. Um, and those real people built, you know, places that you can come and share pictures of dogs and cats and you know, that's what most people use them for. Um, it's really like when you get into political conversations that things get overly spicy and heated because, you know, it's about the, the quality of our daily lives. Um, and so, you know, thinking about somebody in an office somewhere and the fear that they are experiencing when somebody tells them your platform is being used to threaten the life of the vice president, you're going to get some pretty strong reactions. And I think they just need to be much more honest about the limitations of what they can really accomplish. You know, they, they can't police every, um, every scuffle online. They need right. to really use their limited resources um, to keep us safe and keep us, you know, talking to each other. And leave people alone a little bit. Hey, Brett, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on. The company is Red Edge. You can find uh, Brett at RedEdge.com. Brett, I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Thanks, John. Bye. Okay, that's Brett Jacobson, RedEdge.com. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. 
That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but nah, their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Full Stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak. Available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or SalemCareerHub.com. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with plug-in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest-Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away, 100% chemical-free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in, it's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit, like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at lifelock.com. The John Staggerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Uh, looks like uh, Nancy's going to go forward with the uh, the impeachment. These creeps, they hate this guy so much. Uh, they just want revenge. They want to get the last word. They want to they see him crawl out the White House back door while they laugh and then uh, inaugurate the idiot that uh, they... They were able to, I think, fraudulently uh, become president of the United States. It's just, uh, it's really, it's really pathetic. And even Liz Cheney is now, and according to the story I have here, that she's actually let people know that she might vote in favor of um, impeachment. Um, this again is revenge. Uh, Donald Trump has said uh, nasty things about her dad and about the Bush administration and. It's just a matter of, of these people getting back at them. And, and 
These are the same people who are running around, including Joe Biden, who, by the way, won't really come out strongly one way or the other on how he feels about this because he has no guts. But um, they, they're running around talking about a new new uh, era. We're going to have uh, unity and everybody's going to get along. And so instead of just letting the guy leave and uh, be done after one term, what, a week from now, they want to impeach him. These people are such phonies and creeps. And if I were Donald Trump, I'd say, bring it on, baby, impeach me. And I'd want a trial because I want to see somebody prove, prove that Donald Trump incited a riot. There's absolutely zero proof that he did that. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.